Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left-hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Rock Chalk, another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley here with Wayne Simeon. The Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System, along with the Downtown President Hotel, two great sponsors of ours, bring this footage to you every week. And uh, Wayne and I are pumped. We're going to get it started right away with a guest uh, near the top in interceptions in the country. Two big picks in two games. Your Jayhawks are 2-0 and with a big win against a upper-tier Power 5 conference team, Illinois, out of the mighty Big Ten. Final score was closer than we had hoped, but it was a dominant first half and one of the slowest second halves, and we can talk all about that, about why it was so slow, just because of reviews and all that. But we are joined from a third generation, I guess second generation, but kind of the third Lassiter to play football at the University of Kansas. He follows his father, who I knew very well, Kwame Lassiter, from 1991 to 95, and then his brother, and now Quentin. Quentin, thanks for joining us. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. You know how big of a deal your dad, I mean, how, how much of an impact he had at the University of Kansas, one of the all-time great guys ever, my era type, right when Kansas football was going through a similar rebirth like you guys are going through now, it's pretty cool that you and your brother are part of the rebirth just like your dad was in the early 90s. Right, yeah, very cool. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, growing up in the Phoenix area, Quentin uh, came to Lawrence, Free State High School, then on to Butler County, and now – playing for the Jayhawks at David Booth Memorial Stadium. Talk about your path. Talk about what Kansas football means to you and your family. Your mom is always around, and it's just – it's so good to have you. Welcome to the Jayhawker Podcast. All right. Yeah, my mom My mom makes it uh, to as much games as possible, but, you know, she's going around to each one of our games. You know, uh, Kwame, uh, he's up at the Bengals right now. And then I have another brother who's up at BYU. So she's definitely traveling around. But, you know, my journey here was nothing easy, but uh, it was it was worth it, you know. And like you said, I started at uh, – I went to Butler Community College, which is about uh, two and a half hours up the road from here. But uh, originally I never saw myself going to JUCO, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I, uh, I met lifelong friends there, great coaches, and then – you know, my brother was also here, so he was right up the street, and I found myself coming here and loved it ever since. You know, KU is just a special place, uh, one for my family, but two, just the atmosphere around here. So I knew this is uh, where I wanted to be. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned that your journey wasn't easy because that uh, has so much shaped your grit and determination, even as a defender. But even though the journey wasn't easy, in your heart, did you always want to be a Jayhawk? Obviously, knowing your dad's phenomenal legacy, obviously watching uh, Kwame II and uh, his career here. Were you like, were you just determined in your mind, it's Jayhawk or bust? 
you know, it's funny. I actually once I felt like that out of high school, but then once I went JUCO, I was kind of like, you know, I'm open to uh, any opportunity. And I was actually looking at Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, and then it was between them and KU, and I just knew KU was was gonna be the one. So I wouldn't say it was Jayhawker buzz, but I'm glad I'm glad it worked out how it did. Did, did you feel somewhat bullied by your mom to say, "Hey, you're going to KU"? <laughs> nah, not at all. My mom would just be happy wherever we are. Well, we're very very happy that you made this decision to come to Lawrence, Kansas in the booth. And, man, have you been good in your first couple games. And talk about how cool it was to get a pick, run to the sideline, and hand the ball to who? My brother, yeah. You know, I uh, I talked about it a couple times, but before the game, uh, my, mom, uh, my mom came in earlier that night, I think Thursday night, and then that Friday my brother came into the airport, so they went to pick him up. They stopped by the hotel before the game, and he was like, hey, get a pick and bring me the ball. So it was kind of funny because it worked out. I got the pick right on the sideline where him and my twin brother uh, was standing. So it was was well worth it, you know what I'm saying? And it meant everything. Man, so we're going to need to have Kwame maybe give you a call before every game to to give him a menu order of what he wants to see happen so you can go out – and, uh, and make that happen. And then, of course, we know uh, what took place last Friday when, you know, Greg alluded to it earlier. We got off to that fast start, felt like we kind of stalled out a little bit in the second half. Um, right. Illinois had a couple of, of unanswered scores. And then the, the game-sealing play happened by a second interception from you. So give us a little feel of what that was like as you feel the momentum shift in the game. They're barreling right. back. They're within striking distance, and then your moment is right there ahead of you. Right, like you said, uh, momentum shift, and it was uh, tough. But we knew the type of defense we were, and uh, or what, what we are. But you know, uh, I think it was four, it was fourth and long, and they converted that first down, and it was kind of like, man, like we got to get something going. Uh, and we felt like we were the better team that night, just based off of like like you say how we started off. Uh, the, the flags kind of kept the game going slow, as you also mentioned. But uh, that play just – it was everything. You know, great cornerback uh, Kobe Bryant, he uh, got put out the game due to a targeting call. So I knew that it was my moment. And once I got in, you know, he even came up to me saying, like, hey, I already feel it. Like, you about to get a pick. And it was good coverage called by uh, Coach uh, Borland. And I just – pushed off the post and went to the corner and seen the ball. You know, uh, Kalen Gervin had a good uh, PBU on that play as well. He went up for the ball, sunk under uh, that uh, receiver, and then I was just there to uh, make the play. Do we have a uh, one of those turnover things? Do we have any kind of thing that – a crown or a gold chain? Nah, we actually don't, and I was what? I was thinking about that. I was like, we need a – like a, I know what you mean, like a turnover chain or yeah. something. Yeah. All right. Let's everybody the Jayhawker podcast viewing. Let's send in some some yeah, ideas, some suggestions. Some yeah. suggestions. Maybe Wayne and I'll put our heads together. We got to come right. up with something, right? Coach yeah, Lightpole would be fine with it, wouldn't he? <laughs> right. Hey, and if yeah. we do, we'll make sure that it's it's retro retrofitted yeah. just for you. You'll get to wear it around campus for like two days just because it came on a little bit a little bit late. A little late. Okay. <laughs> hey, how about you know you talked about growing up in in the Phoenix area and then right. coming to school here, but. There's been a, a resurgence. Well, maybe it's not a resurgence. Maybe it's been good all along. But Kansas has really 
dove into the Phoenix Scottsdale desert area. Jordan right. Peterson is down there all the time and uh, has has been able to to pull some other Arizonans to play right. at the University of Kansas. Talk about how competitive it is down in the desert. Yeah, you know, Arizona was one of those states that was real slipped on, so it's kind of cool seeing, like, seeing coaches finally go out there and uh, pick players up, kind of like like you mentioned, the three uh, Desert Edge kids that are uh, committed here. So it's real cool because it's, it's a lot of talent down there, and uh, it's finally just it's finally being shown, I would say. So, I mean, it's always been talent there. It's just finally, you know, a great coach like uh, Jordan Peterson is around to uh, go get those players. I love how earlier when you were describing that second interception that you had against Illinois, you shared some pretty intricate details in terms of uh, breaking out of routes and, and right. reading coverage. And, you know, getting a pick is so much more than just being at the right place at the right time when the ball right. is maybe mistargeted. And so talk to us a little bit about some more of those details, how well of a, of a, a talent development uh, coach uh, – Peterson is Coach Borland and some of his scheme covers. Give us some more insight to to what it's like to be in that position. Yeah, well, first off, Coach Borland and Coach Peterson are great coaches, and uh, they explain the game real well. And now, as a cornerback, I work more with uh, Peterson, like just based on our cornerback room. But uh, Coach Peterson, he breaks down the game real easy and uh, makes it easier for us to be able to make plays like that. So, like for example, our first uh, game versus Missouri State. I knew it was it was a nub tight end. I felt like I knew they were either gonna come out, they were either gonna block or they would come out to a hitch or an out route. So he plays just things like that. Like he set me up for that pick, and I just had to go out and execute it. So yeah, hats off to uh, Coach Boylan and Coach Peterson. Hey, how about the the student section on, uh, on Friday night? How cool was that? Yeah. We you know we we yeah. talked so much about the, the blackout with the uniforms. And it was right. so cool to see. I've been around a long time, so has Wayne. And we've seen great support at Memorial Stadium. And that was the best student support I've seen. Well, how cool is that right. when you guys run out of that tunnel to see that with your peers? Right. I was just talking about this the other day. Like, we go after we do our warm up, we go into the locker room and we're like, okay, it's like it's kind of packed. But then when we come out and we see that, it was it was amazing. And it that's that's just all credit to the fans, you know. Being able to black out the booth, not only black out the booth, but just be there. And I think they took up probably three sections, you know, and I don't think I've ever seen that here. So, And and you've been around from the, your Free State days to your Butler days with your brother playing there. And you've been right. through some, some bad times as a fan, watching right. your brother and obviously watching tape of your, of your dad. Uh, but, again, right. how cool is it to be – how much of your decision was, I want to be a part of the solution? Right. Yeah, like, that's that's also what I was going to say, too. Like, just coming to my a couple of my brother's games, you know, just being right up the road. I remember vividly they was playing, I think, TCU here. And it was, it was a cold game, and the stands were empty. And it's like, it's hard to bring your own juice during environments like that. So to see the fans be able to come out and pack the booth every uh, week is, is amazing. And let that be a lesson to everybody watching this. Right. When we yeah. come back, we're going to go to Nevada this weekend and get a win, be three and zero, and come back to play BYU, which we know they're they always travel well. But we need right. we we've said it twice, pack the booth, and we haven't quite got there. But there, it's parents' weekend. 
Everyone's mm-hmm. around. Saturday it's a Saturday game, game. Yeah, afternoon. Right. We gotta we gotta be there. Uh, Two thirty a week from Saturday. BYU comes to town. So you mentioned your conversations with Kwame about playing the position and getting him a pick. Did he call you after the game to tell you how fresh y'all looked in those black uniforms? And and yeah. Greg and I kind of gave a little bit of commentary last week on what we thought and how excited we were. What was the right. feel like in the locker room when you guys got strapped up in in the new uniforms and the big reveal? In the locker room, it was all it was all excitement. You know, just when you walk in after the Hawk walk and you see your jersey set up on your locker, it's it's all excitement. And you know, the blackout hasn't been done here at Kansas, so for that to happen and for us to be able to wear it, it's a blessing. It means everything. And then on the uh, to my brother, he he was happy for us too, and he kept telling me, he's like, I need to get me one of those jerseys. He's like, I don't know how, but I need one. And he went and texted all his friends and let them know all his uh teammates who used to play here like he's like man they look clean in these black jerseys so you know it's exciting for not only just us but alumni as well we're early on in the week here you got a road trip coming up to nevada um Mm -hmm. talk a little bit about that game the preparation and and kind of how about how nice is it to to get a couple wins on a friday kind of giving you that extra day and then comment on the fact that it's going to be essentially a 9 30 kick for All us right. central folks and you going to Nevada and, and that that game kicks at 7:30 out there but yeah. uh, talk about the preparation for Nevada and really the preparation to play that late in the day how will you okay. occupy your time on Saturday Well yeah first off playing that late is it's kind of anxious you know you just sitting in the hotel waiting but uh coach does a good job spreading out our uh days you know having certain meetings and lunch and whatever the case may be, but he does a good job setting it up so we're not just sitting there waiting and we're actually active moving around. And then the preparation is just, you know, Nevada's a great team and their record may not show it or the score, but they played they played great games and uh, they just came out on the short end, you know, but uh, we just prepare like every other week, go uh, be physical, uh, watch the film, be pros and yeah. Yeah, it was so important, you guys, after coming off two big wins to start the season, to not overlook an 0-2 Nevada team and and having an embarrassing loss against Idaho at home last week. I'm sure that they're raring and ready uh, to get uh, OW in that that win column. But I'd be remiss not to ask you about the matchup that's going to happen at BYU and a familiar face on the opposite team and on the opposite side of the ball why don't you give our listeners a, a little bit of a glimpse into into who that is and, and what that might be like in your household? Right. Well, first off, it's bragging rights after after the uh, clock hit zero after fourth quarter. But I'll be uh, playing my brother Darius Lasseter. He a receiver there up up at BYU. He uh, transferred there from Eastern Michigan. But yeah, he uh, he loves it up there, and it'll be a great game. We we've been talking about it ever since the schedules came out. My mom already bought shirts, so it, is she gonna split them like the like the Kelsey brothers? You remember when the, uh, the Kelsey brothers' half. mom had the half and half, half chief, half eagles? Is, is okay. your mom working on that at the, with the sewing machine? She got a little. She don't have the jerseys, but she has a little half with our names on it, and it says Battle of the Bros. So it'll be an exciting one. 
Well, Quinn, we appreciate your time. This is awesome. I, I really enjoyed getting to know you again, knowing your dad the way I did, and and uh, what what a great guy, great father, and and just a. Uh, a great Jayhawk, and now you, as a second generation, the third Lassiter to play at Kansas. It's it's right. so fun to to talk to you and get to know you and and watch you have so much success. Your mom's just such a great lady. Uh, every time, I mean, she you, you know obviously know your mom. She's just right. extroverted and hugging everybody, and she's wherever you go, and your mom's there. She's hugging and kissing right. everybody, yeah. and she's just everybody. life of the party. She she's never met a stranger. Right. That's true. Everybody love my mom and waiting for her for her next post. You know, all my teammates watch all her posts to try to find videos of funny videos of me or whatever the case may be. But, yeah, I, I appreciate you uh, also saying great stuff about my dad. That that means the world to me. And I appreciate you guys having me on here. Well, way to represent your family name and legacy. Very, very well. Don't stop at two picks. we got a lot of season left. One right. game. Keep that no-fly zone coming. Uh, keep that communication with Kwame going, them expectations. And, of course, enjoy that special game uh, against your brother uh, during BYU. Yeah, Quentin, appreciate you. Good luck this weekend and Rock Chalk. Of course, Rock Chalk. I appreciate you guys. Very cool. Quentin Lassiter, second generation, third Lassiter to play at the University of Kansas, part of this second rebirth. I was there for the first one when it was – Really tough sledding in the late 80s. And then when Glenn Mason got to town and, and got us to a couple bowl games, they had a had a lull after that. But, man, the Mark Mangino brought it back, and here we are again. And the, we got to pack the booth. We got to support. We got to – the students, I, I can't say enough. Uh, you and I were down on the field. We're like, well, you look at that from row one all the way up to way 60. To yeah. Like, usually you see it for about, you know, 15, 20 rows. But, man – that was impressive, and the students deserve a ton of credit. Our fan base deserves a ton of credit. But let's also say there were some empties, and we need – and it's a Friday night. I get it. No excuses. I've said, Third show in a row, I've said no excuses. But two weeks from now, parents weekend, BYU, we're no longer playing those 11 a.m. games that we hated so much. 2.30, this prime time. We're there. BYU, big name. They'll travel. And we got to show up. Not going to be the black uniforms. So wear your, your red and blue. Come ready to go. Let's have fun tailgating. It's going to be great weather. But we got to pack the booth come next Saturday. First things first, late kick against Nevada on Saturday. Take a nap. Do whatever you got to do on Saturday. Understand that here in Kansas City in the central region, it's gonna kick at nine thirty, <laughs> and so I know you're kind of a you, you're kind of a go to bed. Will you stay up? Oh, we got, oh yeah, oh yeah, no we, doubt. Oh, we, 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 we got we got fantasy camp. Yeah, we're gonna be, be a lot of football to watch. Uh, we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch some some bad basketball be played at Allen Fieldhouse with our fantasy campers. We're gonna go have a party, get out some awards, and at nine thirty, we're gonna have that big screen on and 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 watch Kansas go to three and zero and get back to town ready for. BYU. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things that I'm thinking about uh, with Nevada in that game and a, and a component and ingredient that's going to affect a lot of these new schools coming back in is the altitude. Yeah. And, and you and I were talking back and forth uh, about that uh, a little bit, and it can't go, go unmentioned because it is a key factor. And I didn't know this, that 
Nevada actually is at a higher elevation than Colorado, which is kind of where you and I are. Our exposure to right. to altitude happen when we're playing Boulder or when the Nuggets, and you were talking to CB about that. And dude, I got a, I got a funny story. So, yeah. my freshman year, we played Colorado on a big Monday. All right, it's coach Coach Roy Williams is the coach at the time. The Chiefs are playing the Broncos on Sunday night, and so you know Boulder and and. And Denver yeah. are pretty far away, so there's no way we could get to both. I don't think Coach would have been really into that anyways. Right, right. But I do remember watching the game in the hotel for our little local Chiefs fan guys. And one distinctive thing that I remember about that game is that all the Chiefs players had the had yeah. the what? A little oxygen mask, yeah. right? So I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm a freshman high school kid, never been to Denver, hardly been been out, out of the state of Kansas. And so then we go into CU, and, of course, what do they do? They make a big deal about the altitude. They got signs. It's on the floor. Signs outside the locker room when they're announcing it. All they're talking about, it's a mental deal. But I still had really no understanding what that was. And you remember Coach Roy Williams' style of play. We were trying to score 96 points a game. Right. We were trying to score the ball in like six seconds. We practiced taking the ball out of the net and how fast you could outlet it to Jeff Boshi to kick it to Kurt Heinrich to kick it to Nick Collison to score. So we were fast. I remember about the second TV timeout, because I was coming off the bench at the time, and I remember that my nose and my throat were on fire. Yeah. I mean, fire. So like I'm you're kinda, a lifetime oh, smoker. Oh, dude. Just like your chest. Oh, it was Awful. on fire. So I'm kind of wilty in the huddle, and Coach Williams kind of looks over me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, Coach, like, I'm dying out here. It's where, a sign of weakness, Wayne. Where where are the oxygen masks? The <laughs> Chiefs had the oxygen. Do we don't have the oxygen thingies? I'm looking around, and Coach Coach's like, they made it up. It's not real. The altitude's not real. It's in your head. I'm like, Coach, but the Chiefs last night, yeah. they had the oxygen mask. And, of course, you know that conversation was pretty short-lived because his next statement after that was, get him out. Right. <laughs> get him right. out. So, bloop, got he out. Did, he didn't he, believe He it. gave me the rest of the half and all the halftime to get my oxygen levels back up before he put me back in the game. I, so. I wasn't there, but I completely <laughs> believe you because he wasn't a big water guy. He wasn't <laughs> definitely not an oxygen guy. It was all mental. Be tougher. You know, altitude's not real. But to your point, it's real. I'm a 51-year-old fat guy now. I'm out in... Breckenridge, Amy and I are out there visiting some friends. Our our bedroom was on the lower floor, and just walking up to the upper floor, twelve steps. <laughs> I, I, sub the people. Sub, we're, I need we're a sub. In Breckenridge. I asked my, my friend. I was like, man, I, like, I felt like I had a knot in my chest. He's like, yeah, just those twenty feet or whatever it is, and and, and it's real. I texted CB when I was out there. I was like, man. Now, granted, he's a twenty-two year old, you know, guy that's perfect shape and I'm not but he goes it, it took some getting used to there's no question about it it's it's real yeah but not to Roy Williams sure sure but we got a, we got a couple teams coming back three teams Utah uh BYU and, and Colorado all, all right. coming back with those uh that that altitude consideration and I do know some Olympic sport coaches in our fold that aren't very happy because I didn't know that the tennis ball flies different a volleyball golf. flies different golf ball flies different and so yeah. Uh, hey, these, these are speaking of golf, to... how about this? And another one. Another one, and DJ Khaled. Yes. Let's go. Uh, Will King. Will King gets an individual title up in Minnesota just yesterday, right? He he wins a tournament. So, like, I, I tried to stress it last week with Jamie Bermel, and he obviously gets it. 
winning a collegiate golf tournament is really, really difficult. Back-to-back tournaments, we've had the individual champ. Cecil, two weeks ago, now Will King. So now if we can get the rest of the guys on the team side of it to, to play a little better, obviously had Jamie Bermel's, you know, he's going to be happy but never satisfied. And, yes, it's cool to have an individual, but it, it, it's a team game. I know it doesn't seem like a team game, but golf at the University of Kansas and every other university is a team game. It's great to have the individual accolades and all props to – Cecil and Will, but uh, uh, but a, a very, very difficult thing to do back-to-back weeks, Cecil and Will King. Back-to-back tournament championships haven't happened since Gary Woodland. And who was the other one? Oh, he Gary won, but he won both of them. It wasn't Kevin Ward? <laughs> I don't know. I thought, it was, I thought Gary won both of them. Oh, no. I don't know. We might have to do a little research on that. Okay, either way, both of them yeah. were studs. And, no, get well soon, Gary, man. We're thinking yeah, about Gary, you. Buddy. Gary's going through some stuff, but uh, he, he's – He's uh, near and dear to our hearts. Um, what else has been going on, brother? We got uh, volleyball. Well, we got to think about. We had a little highlight uh, during the KU Illinois football game. Um, Illinois and and our Kansas Jayhawk basketball team are going to put on that game exhibition game help. in Champaign, October yeah. 29th. Brad Underwood came to Lawrence this past weekend, and Bill and Brad were guests on. Brian Haney and David Lawrence's broadcast of the football game, talking about that game and how it's going to be a fundraiser for the the people of Maui that have just gone through such a difficult time and it, and it's uh, it ain't getting better anytime fast. It's a slow, drawn out deal, and we feel for the people of Maui. I I've been there five times and absolutely love that area, Lahaina and Kanapali. How could you not? And it's, the devastation is unreal and, and what they're doing. And I believe one other – I think Tennessee and Michigan State announced that they're doing something as well. Tennessee will be in the Maui Classic. And I believe Tennessee and Michigan State are having a uh, an exhibition game. Of and, course, after we announced ours, we were the first one to remember that, people. But to that, their defense, Bill, <laughs> Bill did say, he goes, hopefully other schools are able to – get with the NCAA right. and, and get the waiver to do it because it is kind of a spur-of-the-moment deal to, to have this. I mean, we've never had a road game as an exhibition game. That's always where you had, you know, Emporia State, Pitt State, Four Days State, or uh, who am I forgetting? Washburn. Washburn, yeah. Brent Ballard. So, How about Cosell putting himself out? It's probably the first time he's been back to Champaign since it is. he left, exposing himself maybe some bullets or some booze. Well, he said that uh, – he wants to walk out with Hunter because Hunter isn't very well liked in the Big Ten. <laughs> I know that comes as a big surprise to you, but uh, he's going to walk out and say, "Man, these fans really hate you." <laughs> and blame yeah, and him. I said but, bullets earlier. I meant criticism. That was correct. Yes, very, not criticism. Bullets, yeah. Yes, yeah, but it, it's going to be verbal. There's going to be a lot yeah. of it. And I, I was able to host some uh, Illinois people, their athletic director, and some of their big donors, and toured them around, and we were talking about that and. They were, you know, it's funny to talk to Illinois people about how angry they are at Bill Self. And when I say angry, they're angry in a very nice way, in a very flattering way, because they're angry because they know how good he was for those three seasons that he was there. And they look at what he's done at Kansas and say, why couldn't that be us? Well, let's be real. Somebody was going to get him. Like, think about the blue blood Uh, turnover that took place between. You say that, that, Illinois. Great program, great support, huge school. It 
he could still be there. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, okay. not, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Because you think, I mean, UCLA turned over, Kentucky turned over okay. twice. Kind of like, there were some other. I, I've asked Bill that question. Like, okay, you don't come to Kansas in the last 15 years. What job would have intrigued you? And we went through a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and it, it was hard to now. It's hindsight, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hindsight but, and, no, and no paper on the table with terms and agreements, and that could that could change things I as mean, well. At all, there's money everywhere. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's it is what it is. He, so I don't know. We're gonna have Bill as a guest at some point, so that might be a a nice question for yeah, him. Maybe but, so. Uh, maybe a lot so. going on as well, always. Calling all Jayhawks though to that, you know, I know it's a pretty lengthy drive from the Kansas City six area, six and a half hours is to always. Champaign, but we have. An immense amount of Jayhawks in the Chicago area, yep. um, you know Naperville area, right there, in Illinois, which is maybe a two-hour drive. Yeah, it's like and two so and a half hours. I'd be a great time. And it's for, a it's a Sunday at five o'clock, so you can come to the Kansas Oklahoma game, whatever time that is on Saturday. Enjoy homecoming, do all that stuff. Yeah. Wake up on Sunday and make the trek to Champaign, and, and make it's. It's unique. This is this doesn't this isn't going to happen again. At least and it's a real basketball game. It's a real game. Uh, I mean, and, I, you know, I got a chance to slide over to St. Louis and watch some scrimmage. Had a little private scrimmage yesterday, uh, last year. Right. And I'll tell you what, each of the segments that they played came down to two or three possessions, which those type of coaches love because in an exhibition game like that or a scrimmage, yeah. you want to be able to practice late game situations against real opponents, which is why. There's just as much value in an exhibition game like that, whether it's something that's private or something that's a fundraiser as opposed to, you know, maybe playing a, another exhibition game against a Division II. It's great to have those resources stay in the, in the state. It's great to highlight our great Division II MIAA Kansas programs. But for, for the usefulness and the utility for getting you guys get better. ready, you want to get and, better. And you know it better than anybody. You, you practice against each other for so many months, and it's just – banging on bodies with each other forever, and you're like, you want someone else. I want our plays to work. Let's go play Illinois. Let's go play whoever, and some of this stuff will start to work because the the red team knows exactly what's happening, and so it's good to have a little success. But, you know, it's fun uh, to be a fly on the wall of uh, – I was in the car with, with, with Bill a couple of weeks ago when Brad Underwood called him and talked about coming and listened to those two go back and forth. They're pretty similar. <laughs> they're pre- pretty similar guys. They're, they're good trash talkers about their golf game, about, you know, just how they operate. And then this past weekend, Brad came over to Bill's suite and just watching those two – Act like they're good football coaches as well. Of course. <laughs> why didn't they? Why didn't they run a screen? The one who's the best or the worst is Norm Roberts. Norm Roberts. Herm Edwards, you mean? Herm Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> Herm thinks he's the greatest. He, he's really loud. He's it's because he looks like and sounds like Herm Edwards. For he, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with he, he had Norm a great Roberts. story. They, they were uh, on a recruiting trip. I think they were in Vegas, and this guy comes up to Norm, and it's just like. Oh, coach, I love you. And I want to get blah, blah, blah. I want, can I get my picture with you? And he, and he, so he goes with them. And as they're about to take a picture, the guy says, You know, I just didn't think you got a real fair shot down there at Arizona State. And he thought he was Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. You play, you play to, to, to win, win the, the game. game. <laughs> oh, so they got the right amount of gray. And the, oh, it's perfect. He does not like it when I call him. And Pascal doesn't like it either. But uh, I don't know. Have you noticed Wayne and I like to, when we find a bit of a, wound or a weakness we we try to exploit it uh that's just the regular locker room environment that, that we love so much and that shaped us so much and it's uh it's still alive and well today 
so another edition of the Jayhawker podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. We talked golf, talked a little volleyball, everything's going on uh, around the facilities. Uh, you and I talked about it last week as you drive down around the football stadium. They, they cleared out a parking lot. There's a bunch of pipes and stuff. And that, did you see those trailers there? There's four huge trailers. Which progress is on the way. Progress is on the way. November, whatever it is, right before Thanksgiving is our last home game. And pre, you know, probably, you know, right around Thanksgiving, they're going to start knocking walls down. So it's real. It's coming. So enjoy Memorial Stadium as it is. Understand that it's going to be messy for about 18, 20 months. But, man, is it going to be good in a couple of years. So excited. Got to keep the momentum Keep the pace. Go to three and zero in Reno. Take down Nevada. I like that. I like what you did there. And then uh, come back, and let's give a rude, mad, aggressive welcome to BYU. Big boy conference. Big boy conference. Welcome to the Big Twelve moment. You, we all had welcome to Kansas moments. We had welcome. You had a welcome to the NBA moment. I'm sure we want to welcome BYU. Shake their hand. Say hey. Great to have you here, and then just step on them, right? And go to four and zero, and then uh, see where we go from there. How about that? I know where we go. We head down to Austin for so, the Horns. Let's so get them. What Let's happened? Take it. Hey, hey, that's right. We're gonna run it back. What happened no, the no, last no, no, time no, no. we were in hey, Austin? Th- there was no uncertainty in my voice when I just said that. So don't be you trying to project. Your, no, you I did cocked not. Your head. I did, but there was no inflection in my voice where there was any fear, uncertainty about okay. what we're gonna do in Austin. Wow. Hey. Defend it. I, I get it. You okay. Know, I, I saw your body language and I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to attack you while the, the cameras were on. But uh, another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the Hilton President Hotel. Get down and see Wayne and I's guy, Philip Stranad, Wichita State on December 30th, Big 12 tournament, mid-March, concerts, anything going on at the T-Mobile Center. Or if you just need a place to lay your head and you're going to go out and party at the Power and Light, go to the Bristol, do whatever, call my man Philip Stranod. We will be back next week, 3-0, and ready to talk more Kansas athletics. Jericho Podcast, I am Greg Gurley. That is Wayne Simeon, Rock Chalk.